0: Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Oh, here we go, boys. Oh, I love that sound. This is a good one. Welcome everybody to the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. Thanks for joining this week's weekend recap and rant. So let's, uh, I'm just diving into it. You know, I don't, I just feel like skipping commercials. <laughs> Screw it. Uh, let's just get into it. So last Friday was the extended uh, three-day weekend, thanks to the 4th of July. And uh, so Friday we headed up to, well Thursday, I guess technically, we headed up to the cabin. And uh, used Friday to get uh, my first ever hours logged onto the whitefish chain, which is uh, where the uh, Tournament of Champions, the TOC, is going to be held here in Minnesota. Um, and we have a club tournament coming up there soon. Uh, I've never been on this body water. It's actually uh, a chain of lakes, upper and lower whitefish, and then there's trout lake. Uh, I'd have to pull it up on the map, but there's a bunch of different put it this way. There's a shit ton of water to break down, like a shit ton. (laughs) Uh, I was a little overwhelmed for sure. Um, But I went, you know, I'm like, all right, well, summer patterns kicking in. Let's go find some deep weeds. And I prodded around in those a little bit, tried to inside weed line. The lake kind of sets up. um, It's one of those lakes, like the shallows are really shallow, and there's not much going on there for weed growth. And then you get out like four or five feet, the weeds kind of start, and they go out to, say, like 13. And it's about 13, 14, 15, where that lake just plummets, just drops straight off into super deep water, 40, 50 feet. Um, So you would think that'd be easier to kind of locate fish, um, but I don't know. For me, it seemed a little bit harder. I mean, part of the problem is my electronics suck. I mean, I'm I'm rocking two, this, here's me bragging, I'm rocking uh, two 5-inch hummingbirds. I have no power poles. I got a motor guide trolling motor that's on its last leg, so I need some serious upgrades. So, like, for this, like, some side scan, some kind of, you know, structure scan would be super huge, for sure. I'm also worried about uh, I should say, well, I think I'm maybe worries is the right word. Um, boat control, because my trolling motor is just getting weaker and weaker, and has nothing to do with the batteries. It just doesn't seem to have the oomph it used to could. And uh, so, if it happens to be a windy day on tournament time, boat control is going to be a problem. And man, do I covet people that got a trolling motor with spot lock. Ugh, oh, that would just make life so much easier. I like to say it. Ninety percent of the time, if not ninety five percent of the time, I'm out fishing and there's wind. I'm just like look oh, <laughs> It would just make life so much easier. But I sat down and just roughly like in my mind, like and I'm not even talking going crazy like having three you know, twelve inch graphs or anything like that, or God forbid four, you know, two up front, two in council, you know, just upgrading the two that I have to like I don't know nines or something like that so two graphs two power poles like a new all i'm looking at 10 grand of upgrades <laughs> so i'm gonna need you guys to uh start sharing this podcast a little bit more because uh there's like uh near zero dollars rolling in for this thing um uh, i'm mostly joking Ah. <laughs> Man, you know, Minkota wants to sponsor me. That'd be great. I'll try out, uh, you know, I'll take some used Ultrixes off your hand. God bless America. So, anyways, back to the scouting. Um, so, I find some fish, but nothing, you know, nothing earth-shattering. And I'm kind of catching them here and there. Not really, I don't know, not really anything you'd say a pattern, you know, that you could consistently count on. I know I could pound docks and even though they're in kind of shallow water, you know, um I caught a few off docks. Again, not it's not a hot and heavy pattern. It, you know, there's a lot of garbage docks, but then you'd get a, you know, then you'd catch one. So worst case scenario, like if I don't find anything else in my scouting, like I I know I should be able to put five in the box just on docks. Will there be five that'll win it or even get me, you know, anywhere near the top? Mm, Probably not, but, you know, you never know. But there's so much water I haven't even looked at. I mean, so much. I only had, like, I don't know, three, four hours of decent scouting time where I was able to kind of run around and check some spots. And being it that it was 4th of July weekend, being it that it was 8,000 degrees with no wind, the most wreck traffic I have ever seen on a body of water, like ever. That entire chain of lakes was just tumultuous to put it in a word. Like there is no wind. Keep this in mind, but there is just waves crashing into waves crashing into waves. I mean, there's no re- there's it was impossible. Not only for me to go like top speed from point A to point B, I could it's like half speed. I mean, it was just. Getting destroyed by these wakes. Oh, God, do I hate those wakeboats. Um, but it wasn't just wake boats too. I mean, there was, you know, fishermen out there, and there was jet skis and w- water skiers. But it's definitely the wake boats that create the biggest wakes. Uh, it's in the name, and they just pissed me off. So I got pretty crabby, and I left, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe 1, 2 o'clock. But the bullshit part about that is I just couldn't even get back to the landing quick. I mean, it, the lake was just so ripped up. So um, I should have gone back again Saturday to go, you know, dissect some more water. But being as that was going to be like July 4th proper and it was still hot, I'm like, no, there's no. uh uh-uh. I need to find a smaller lake that's not going to have the amount of traffic. So I picked a different lake up there. That I uh, actually like to fish it on a, you know, at least once once a year, if not twice. Um, I won't say the name of the lake because it's pretty small, but um, it's in the Brainerd area and uh, it has really good bass in it. And I found out this day that it actually has really good panfish in it too. So I got out there and another hot, sticky, calm day. And, uh, you know, I start fishing and I, I'm seeing bass but they're being super finicky probably because it's so bright hot and the water clarity is as clear as i've pretty much ever seen it on this lake i'm not quite sure why it's so clear this year usually it's like a nasty ass algae bloom but it was super clear and you can see these bass swimming around in the reeds but they just they didn't really want to hit much anything like they would go and sniff at it watch it go down you know throwing jigs or Uh, they'd follow like a swim jig up to the boat, but they wouldn't hit it. And, uh, I never really threw a Ned rig. And in hindsight, I've been hearing people are really getting them on Ned rigs in this hot water. So maybe that smaller, um, presentation, not, not quite so much in their face would have, would have worked later in the day. I started catching more on jigs and swim jigs, but, uh, Got a little cloudy. And as soon as I got cloudy, they 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 started to feed. So I do think it was kind of a light thing. There was kind of freaking them out. But kind of the weird thing was, is I was seeing old beds, and there was a couple of bluegills in them. Like they should be, done done spawning. But there was a handful of them, um, still in there, and uh, they weren't bad sized. The ones that were in the beds, but there were these little packs of uh, giants just running around on swimming in and out of the reeds and stuff and so i had to i i couldn't resist do some of these you just you could see how big they were i had to i had to break out the ultralight so i got that custom from uh kishler's custom rods that thing is so freaking sweet i know i've gone on on about it but dudes if you need a good panfish rod um get a hold of kishler custom rods on facebook Uh, give them another quick commercial here because this rod is just so freaking sweet i use any excuse to break that thing out it's such a pleasure to fish with that thing so nice but just in general um a tip for fishing panfish because again that water is clear and i started with tube something a little bit heavier and they would they'd rush up to it look at it and it kind of you know kiss it but they wouldn't really take it and then they would give up on it after all i couldn't even like jig them up like once they went up to it when well, i changed colors four or five times and that wasn't working and uh, i had to go down to like this one 64 ounce hair jig and literally had to like get that thing wet before it would sink and it sank so slow but once i started throwing that thing oh my god they couldn't resist it like they were just they were coming from way out to smash this thing so i don't know if it looked like the bugs they were eating or what but that was a ticket for them Man, I caught some tubs. Some tubs. I also, I put that stuff on Facebook and Instagram. So, if you're not uh, following me on there, go check that out. It's just uh, Dale Luganville on Snapchat and uh, full-scale underscore outdoors on Instagram. But, um, yeah, just some big hybrids and big pumpkin seeds. Caught some bluegills. Caught a little bit of everything. Um, that day, did I catch any Rockies that day? I think I did catch one or two rock bass, but they weren't too impressive. But, man, those hybrids are so thick i think the biggest one i got was nine and a half couldn't actually get a a 10 incher but a nine and a half hybrid is such a toad because they're just they're not as you know they share that genetics with the pumpkin seeds they just don't get as long as bluegills do so a nine and a half hybrid is a man that thing's a toad um super fun to catch but it's just crazy so what i was gonna say is um if you're gonna get a good ultralight for panfish try to find the longest rod you can find and preferably something that you can pair with, balance with like a 1,000 series reel because the line is going to come off that reel so much better than, you know, it, it, seems, it seems overkill because you could put about 400 yards of, of four-pound test on this thing. But when you get those ultralight reels, those little reels, or when they come in a combo, whatever, they're basically ice fishing reels, and the line just doesn't come off, I mean, it does, but it doesn't, you know, there's a lot of resistance there, it's coming out of that little narrow slot, so there's a lot of friction, it just doesn't come off that easy, but when you have that wider spool, that 1,000 series, that line can just pop right off the really easy, so I mean, with that ounce, so I wasn't able to like cast it 50 yards or anything, but I was I was able to get it out there a a little ways, but I didn't really need to cast far because I was, for the most part, I was sight fishing these things. So it would just kind of do a little flick and it would, it would send it out there though. So, I mean, having the longer rod definitely helps having that bigger spool definitely helps. So think about that next time you go um, shopping for, for a panfish setup, try to get the longest one that you can. Um, and you're going to be somewhat disappointed because there's not too many rod makers out there that make them as long as at least I wanted. So that's why I got a hold of Allen at Kishler Custom Rods. Check them on Facebook. So there's your commercial, Allen. Uh, well-deserved commercial, by the way. I really, I just, I freaking love that rod. It's so nice. Uh, so I went back to bass fishing and uh, kind of just went back and forth. You know, I had the rods on the deck there and I'd, for the most part, bass fish, but then if I saw a little, one of them roaming schools of, of tubs, I'd drop the bass rod and pick that ultralight up and catch a few more of those, and that was super fun. So then uh, Sunday rolls around, and uh, again, I'm like, oh, I probably should go back to whitefish chain, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it, and uh, picked another little, kind of a smaller, smaller lake, yeah, one that had some smallmouth in it. So at least I could practice, you know, stretch the smallmouth bass muscles a little bit. And and again, bright sky, no wind, it's clear water, <laughs> tough conditions. And uh getting a couple to bite, um nothing nothing big. I think I was throwing a Ned rig and uh through uh through a drop shot a little bit. But I think I need to let them soak a little more because we can actually see them um, running around in the shallows a little bit, and even some of the deeper water. That water is like super clean, and I just had a feeling like if I can see them, they can see me. They're on edge. They're they're probably super pressured, and so what I should have been doing is backing way off and just making long bomb casts and just letting that thing sit, almost dead sticking that until they kind of come back around and sniff at it and take it. But um, we did get a little bit of wind then did kick up, uh, later in the day and that helped. They, they started to bite a little bit better once that light level got down there. So that, that was definitely kind of throwing a a monkey wrench into the plans, but uh, we just catch some panfish or broke that route out again, but we started seeing some dogfish and I love catching dogfish. So, I mean, they'll take just about any bait you have. So you're, you know, we're bass fishing going along kind of in these swampy areas where the large moth would be. And then I'll you're like, Oh, there's dogfish right there. And we would try to cast to it. And I, I had one hit, but miss it. Um, like it grabbed it and just boom bolted, but he didn't end up getting the a hook in his mouth. And then we did end up finally hooking up with one on a Ned rig. That was fun. Cause that was on like a, like a medium rod, a <laughs> spin cast rod. So he, Gave me a good tussle there. Uh, didn't measure him or weigh him or anything, but it was it was a decent sized one as far as a uh, rock or uh, dogfish go. It wasn't too terribly huge, um, but it was fun. God, I don't know what it is about them things. I just I just love catching them. I think the sight fishing thing is is what I like about it. I mean, to just go out there and like bland blind cast for them. That'd be pretty tough. For one, you're just gonna end up catching a bunch of bass in Norlands, which isn't, you know, isn't a bad thing. But if you like specifically went out to catch dogfish, it'd be pretty tough. But when the conditions are right and the water's clean enough, you can definitely slink around in those shallows and just spot 'em laying on the bottom. Or when you see one roll, I uh, caught one um, a few weeks back on Bay Lake doing that. I just saw one come up, you know, to roll, like gulp some air and go back down, and I just, I flipped my swim jig over there a couple times, and sure enough, he hit it, so, um, you can definitely do that, which I recommend, because it's a ton of fun, don't overlook the old dogfish, I was talking to somebody online, and, uh, they are I think they are Missouri or Tennessee or something, and, uh, shared that picture with them, and they're like, oh, is that, uh, do you guys got a, um, kill those too? Is that the law on there? And I'm like, um, I guess I haven't looked at your laws, but I'd be real surprised if that's your law. laws. Like, no, they're a native species up here. Uh, I know I've heard that growing up, like all rough fish. It's actually against the law to let those go. You hear other kids say it's like, uh, actually, no, it's against the law to kill them and leave them on the bank. That would be wanton waste, <laughs> including carp, which are invasive, but I think they call carp naturalized now. Pretty sure, but anyways, a little side rant. Didn't mean to go down that rabbit hole, but just thought it was weird. Just another one of those things that people repeat. You know, they just they don't ever read it for themselves, and they just like, oh, yeah, it's illegal. Can't do that. Can't let those rough fish go. But uh, yeah, don't do that, please. Don't kill them and leave them on the bank or throw them back in the water. They're they're doing just fine. They've been in the lakes for forever. They're not hurting any. Any fishery, so they're probably actually a sign of a good fishery more than likely, like any top predator fish would be, so anyways, that was a lot of fun, and then, um, yeah, so I headed back. only fished about like twelve thirty and then headed back to the cabin. It's time to get you know packed up and and head back home. But I did have a few hours, so I wanted to hit the river again by my where the cabin's at, and uh just run around. And the weird thing about um that day on that river, I could not catch a smallmouth in like my typical smallmouth spots. Like I checked them all and threw a bunch of different stuff and ned rig, and a jig, and a drop shot. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And then uh, I go to this slop spot and it's super, like, backwater, stagnant water. It's where I had, um, I've heard the last recap, but I had, I had hooked a, a big pike on a, on a frog, and a tooth came out. And that was kind of a cool picture, too. But I was in that same area, and so it's just, like, super backwater, like, no current back there, just scuzzy-looking water. Um, usually it's good for, you know, one big largemouth back in there. And I'm throwing the frog and I get blown up on it and then I see and he misses it. And then I see uh three other fish swim swim kinda by and I was like and the water's so dark. I was like, those look like those look like smallmouth. No, they had to be largemouth, that's crazy. But even then I hadn't I've never seen that many kind of like in there roaming around. And there's like down trees and stuff in there. And uh, so I go a little further, and I'm flipping around, and then I'm trying to get that bass to bite again. He won't bat. He won't. And I'm just making, like, long bomb casts because the water is, like, super shallow, even though it's murky. Like, you, you can get on top of them in, in no time. And uh, this fish blows up my bait. I thought it was a northern because I was kind of in the middle of nowhere, really. And I let it sit, twitched a couple times. Boom, he smashes it, set the hook, and catch like, a 3-pound smallmouth. Like, I just, like, what in the heck are these fish doing back in here? But that kind of made sense. It had to be a food source. I don't know what else would have drove them up to go into that swampy largemouth bass style water area. And then they, that makes sense if they're in there, then they weren't on their traditional, like, rock spots. So that was kind of weird. Um, have no real explanation for it, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was just bizarre. And, um, uh, so that was a that was the fishing. Um as far as the my rant goes, um Well, this is I guess I can kind of segue this into. So a side note, when I was leaving that that other lake that had smallmouth in it, um, talking to the weed cop there at the landing, he was saying how like, Oh, it sounds like fishing was pretty good out there. I said, Well, we caught a few, nothing too um crazy size-wise. He's like, Well, oh, this couple just came off they had their limit of uh, big bass. I was like, limit? They kept them? They're like, yeah, that big one's like five, four or five pounders. And all of them, I was like, what in the heck? So I was like, well, so they were using like live bait and leeches or whatever, which is fine. It's, you know, obviously it's their right to do. And uh, I kind of had that instinct to kind of like shame them a little bit. But it's like, you know what, if they're using bait, Bass fishing, chances are, you know, they're not hardcore anglers. They probably, this is probably the one weekend they fish a year. it sucked that they took a limit of, of, you know, really good-sized fish out of that lake, especially how slow smallmouth grow. Yeah, it sucks, but would have been worth me bashing them? No, wouldn't have changed anything either. So, you know, if anything, they had a really good time, and they're going to buy a fishing license again next year. So that could be a good thing. You know, we do have to kind of walk this fine line between preservation and promotion when it comes to the sport you know we have to keep that in mind when people aren't doing it the way we think they should do it or um, it's one thing to take the time to know you know to try to educate or bring awareness about a certain you know um, conservation minded theory you might have or, or way of going about it but that hard line, poke them in the chest, shame them, judge them kind of thing, it's just never received well. And that kind of leads me into what was going to be my main rant. And it's just like you go online and all these different Facebook groups, you know, whether it's a bass group or a trout group or just a general fishing group, whatever it is, man, people have got to just dial her back. Like someone will say, you know, something or ask a simple question and they just get ripped a new one like i like i like teasing people as much as the next guy but some of these people actually like seem legitimately angry or just giant douchebags the, the one recently, and it did kind of backfire on the guy, but he was like, here's a thing of all the fishes in Minnesota, so get one of these. I'm tired every week. There's a new, is this a rock? What kind of fish is this? Learn your fish, blah, 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 blah. Well, here's here's my message to that guy. Not everybody is on this at the same place in their pathway into fishing. They could have just started. You know, they maybe they do only fish one weekend a year. I mean, how much you gonna are you gonna no you gonna are you gonna force people to take a a fish identification class before they can get a fishing license? Yeah, that'll help fishing sales. That or fishing license sales. That'll really help the sport. So that was, I mean, yeah, I, I see it too. And you're like, oh, here we go again. Uh, is this a warmouth? mouth? No, it's a rock bass. Is this a, you know? If that's a dogfish, yep. Nope, that's a you know rock bass. That's a green sunfish. That's not a hybrid bluegill bass. It's, you know, and yeah, I mean you see them, and and for those of us that know, if you know, you know, you know, and you see it you're like, "Oh my god, that's so easy. How do you not know that?" Uh they don't know cuz they don't know it. That I mean fishing is probably not their number one hobby. They probably weren't obsessed with it since they were five like the rest of us, you know. You just got to keep that in mind and uh just take a softer approach. I don't mean to sound all hippity-dippity here, but I mean, he just came off looking like ass. And thankfully, a bunch of people jumped on there and kind of got on him about it. And, of course, and then here's where I appreciate, like, the shit talking when it comes in. So, of course, like, the very next couple posts is, like, a picture of a a dog fishing a rock bass with the, you know, title of what's this. (laughs) Uh, And then they start tagging the guy. Ah, it's beautiful. It's brilliant. Now, that's funny. That's funny right there. Uh, but somebody who just doesn't know, I mean, there's no, I mean, I see it too. I mean, I like the saltwater fish whenever I can. It's not nearly enough. Obviously, being in the middle of the country makes it a little more difficult, uh, but they face the same thing, and I see the same thing out there. I see the same fish pop up. i like, hey, what is this? That's a blue fish. Hey, what is this? That's a ladyfish. You know, it's like, but again, if you don't know, you don't know. And if you do, you do. I mean, there's only one way to learn, and they're asking questions. So, sure, they got Google, and they could sit there and they on their phone, and they could Google, and they could try to type out the the um, description in there and go through page after page of different fish and, and try to figure it out. Sure, they could do that. But the other good thing the Internet has for you is Facebook. Are these groups with experienced anglers on it that can just straight-up tell you? So, Think of it as a learning moment. Here's a chance for you to show off what you know in a good way, and not being a douchebag about it. So that's what I got for you for as a rant today. Thanks everybody for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, headed back up this weekend to do a little more uh, scouting and pre-fishing on the whitefish, and I'm and I'm holding myself to it. I gotta eliminate a shit ton of water up there. Hopefully get some sort of uh, bite figured out because I. I think it's the following weekend that is the actual club event. So, that'll be that'll be fun. I got that club event coming up. And then I believe they close the waters down for scouting pre-fishing for a while before the TOC. And then yeah, so well right right after, in fact, the club event is on the first two days that my family does our annual trip to Pelican which I cannot wait to get up there. Uh, So I'm going to miss the first couple days fishing that. But So right from Whitefish, I'm going even further north, head up to Pelican for some uh, five days of fun fishing. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. So then then sometime in August is the TOC, and then, shit, before you know it, goose hunting is going to go out. So that brings me to this. Full, I did line up some uh, land. So, full-scale outdoors is going to be running some uh guided goose hunts this uh, fall. Early goose season, mid-season is when that land is really good. We got some great small green fields lined up so and some silage corn. So, that's going to be ooh, with the hatch this year, that should be real 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 good. So, uh keep an eye open on social media's. I'll announce um when those hunts are going to be I mean, they'll be like every weekend. So, I mean, if you want to pre book, you definitely can. So, get a hold of me, send me a message. If you want to carve out a weekend and, and uh, get your party in before it's booked, you can definitely do that. Um, so, there's that. Everybody, uh, go check out Waypoint Outdoor Collective. It's another great place for you to find all sorts of great uh, outdoor podcasts. Waypoint TV app gives you great shows, movies, documentaries, and and the podcast uh so put that right on your phone you can take that everywhere 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 also thebeardstruggle.com uh for great beard care products use code fullscale15 to get yourself 15 percent off oh oh i almost forgot uh so i did end up officially joining uh, a pro staff so cody with uh and Loon State Bassmasters with me is on their, this pro staff and, uh, they reached out to him and they were looking to add a few more people from Minnesota. He asked me if I would be interested and it's Mossy Oak fishing. So, I mean, I'm very familiar with Mossy Oak, but I hadn't really wasn't that familiar with uh, Mossy Oak fishing. So I kind of asked them about it. I'm like, well, I don't really use the stuff. So I kind of felt weird about it. Um, but I'll check it out, you know? And so the, the, the director got a hold of me and, and we talked on the phone and turns out that they have a bunch of partner companies that as stuff that I do use kind of like hook apparel. So um, he's a really cool dude. Uh, glad I talked to him and uh, he convinced me to, to apply and sign up for it. And I'm actually pretty pumped. So I, I checked out their stuff, Mossy Oak fishing their apparel and they got like the thin breathable stuff um, like a hook or, you know, uh, blackfish or something like that. Uh, so, I'm definitely going to pick some of those up and give it a shot. I'll tell you how I like them. I'm pretty sure I like them. They all seem to be pretty much the same, kind of some cool patterns. And then uh, also I'll write into all the mossy oak stuff for uh, hunting camo. So I'll be checking that stuff out as well. So I have, uh, I have officially joined a pro staff. I am a uh, mossy oak fishing pro staff member, so team or whatever they call it. Anyways, so I'll be bugging you about that as we go along. I uh, won't spam you too hard, but uh, try to keep it honest. You know, if I like it, I like it. And I, and I will tell you that. If I don't, I don't. You'll hear that too. So, again, thanks everybody for listening. This has been the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. Whatever your passion, pursue that full scale.